0: You have a son named Jesus Shuttlesworth? Is your son considered the number one high school prospect in these United States?
1: He's awesome, baby, with a capital A!
0: The governor's made a request that your son seriously consider enrolling in his alma mater, big state. The governor's given me his word, he'll do everything in his power to cut your time here short. What is up, everyone? We are back finally. Yeah. For episode two of Hoop Cinema.
1: I just love your excitement. It's so it's, great.
0: It's so it's so real.
1: All of our friends that know you and I, like our mutual friends, are like we've known forever. Yeah. We're all like, man, it's so nice that Sean's hosting a basketball podcast. like a movie podcast. Like, I know it was just destined.
0: It we were. This is where we were. We were always headed. Yes. Was this moment right here? Yeah. Where we could talk basketball movies yeah not always the best movies Mm -hmm. but movies (laughs) right yeah (laughs) so we did space jam we did uh, literally a month ago Uh um a lot of fun we talked we talked about pretty much everything space jam
1: yeah we left out a few details that were like big parts of the movie But that was because it was our first time putting this together Sure The one sure. thing everyone was like why didn't you guys talk about Michael's secret stuff And I was like fuck you're right
0: Yeah you know what It's you know and I could sit there We could we could you know watch the movie And then immediately go after And we'd still not remember oh, things Oh for sure So Instead
1: we just talked shit about how he lived in a public neighborhood Sure sure <laughs>
0: that was like the big, the big plot hole right there Like yeah. here's Michael and there's his normal neighbor Who works right. for the post office and <laughs> there's this
1: neighbor down the street who works at the Sears building.
0: Exactly, exactly. So today we're doing a movie that is—it's not. A, this is not a kids' movie. No, at all. Not one bit. At all. Um, film that came out in 1998 mm-hmm. that I had only seen maybe three times before I saw it again the other day, and the last three times I saw it. We're on a VHS tape in 1998 or 99 when it came out.
1: So it's been that long. It
0: had been that long. and Okay. I, and we're, so we're talking he got game. Yeah. A Spike Lee joint.
1: A Spike Lee joint. A
0: Spike Lee joint. And I remember the previews for this movie when it came out. I was obviously really big into basketball during the mid-90s, the whole Jordan run and everything. So, uh, And there were a lot of basketball movies that were coming out or just mm-hmm. sports movies in general for kids. And this was not one of those. No, it's not. At all um but i was intrigued because uh for for one it was a spike lee movie mm-hmm. who had you know uh you know done michael jordan commercials things of that nature mark blackman yeah my, yeah and uh the other thing was was it had a current nba uh you know player yeah in the movie so um i was very excited about it when it first came out where were you, where were you the first time you saw who uh he got game, I was gonna say hoop dreams. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there eventually.
1: Um so I was really young, um, when I like saw I was at Blockbuster with my dad one time and I walked by it. Okay. And I knew who Ray Allen was. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, this I was probably like it was probably two or three years after. And for some reason or another, with how the they put Denzel Washington's face on the cover, I was like, you know, when I was young, I was like, Did Ray Allen do a horror movie? Because, like, you know, like, they have Ray Allen holding the ball and Denzel Watch is just staring at him, like... Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I actually really didn't watch the movie for the first time until I was about 16. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, you know, I, was like, I guess, yeah. you know. But I got to when I was, like, my 20s and yeah. I watched it a few times. I was like, I love this movie. Yeah. I think the casting is excellent, which I know we're going to talk about these things. Sure. The music, you know, the story... um. Especially being a college basketball writer, you know, you kind of are like seeing like how much it's a it's a metaphor for like big big college basketball. Yeah, but still, it's like you hear these stories all the time.
0: Oh yeah, this is stuff that really honestly happens to people yeah. all the time. So, so. I saw this when it first came out on VHS. I probably rented it one of the first weeks it came out, to be completely honest with you. Cause yeah. I was I was ready for any kind of basketball movie when it came out. And I distinctively remember I watched the whole thing, uh, you know, and th- those were the days when you could watch a movie uninterrupted uninterrupted when you weren't looking at your phone. Right. You know, so I remember watching it. And but here's the thing. So I hadn't seen it in almost 20 years until right. la- this last week. Um, and I remember it being much darker than I remembered it. Yeah. You know, and, and watching it again, it really wasn't as dark as I remembered it. I thought it was just a really, really dark movie. And I didn't really understand the ending. Um, and the way that I remembered the ending was not the way the ending actually was. So, and, and we'll get to that later. Sure. But, uh, I was you know, watching it again. It's it's a little bit lighter than I remembered it. Uh but, you know, for the time it came out I thought it was a really, really dark, dark movie. And um
1: Which kinda of plays to my point of like I thought it was a scary film when I was younger. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. You and see the
1: cover of the box and like
0: Sure, sure. And uh I mean it's one of those movies, um it's it's shot differently than mm-hmm. a lot of other other movies at the time, and it's, which is great. And it's one hundred percent probably the most underrated Spike Lee movie that that's ever been released. You know, I mean, it's I'm not gonna say it's yeah, it's know, not do the right thing. It's not do the right thing. It's not even Black Klansmen,
1: which I still need to see.
0: But it's 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 definitely better than Girl Six. Yeah. So so we'll go we'll go with that.
1: I put it above Bamboozled
0: bamboozled now i haven't seen that one yeah okay
1: um and bamboozled's amazing it's excellent um but i really think that like the cultural aspect of spike lee's films are always so on the point always and i think this film just goes taps it was you know we had seen him like you said he did some of the michael jordan commercials he was the mars blackman character i have a pair of air jordan 4s with the mars blackman logo on them pretty hard to find
0: that is pretty hard to find
1: yeah and so like you know that's a huge thing so this was him really tapping into like a full basketball culture. Because Do the Right Thing had sports references, you know. Oh yeah. Um he was wearing the Dodgers jersey. Um the guy who ends up playing Gus Fring and Breaking Bad is in the movie wearing Air Jordan 4s yeah. and
0: Giancarlo. Yeah. Yeah. He gets
1: him scraped and yeah. like yeah. So um this was really him like tapping full fledged into like the culture. Um he takes on like the big world of NCAA basketball and the you know, we're gonna talk a lot about this, like all the cameos in the film are just like they're running this fake Sports Center story. Shaq's interviewed. Michael Jordan's interviewed. I think Magic Johnson's interviewed. Yes. And it's like, that was pretty crazy cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you got to think he got, I mean, there was a lot of people that wanted to, you know, help out with this movie. The cameos were, you know, unreal. He even got Jordan at the end. Yeah. You know, just for a split second, you know, he, he got what he could. Uh, Reggie Miller's in it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, anyone he could get to do do cameos uh, in it, he he got.
1: Spike had a lot of clout at that time.
0: He did have a lot of. I think he still does actually. Oh, I agree. I think he still does.
1: It was more than just being the guy the court side of Madison Square Garden.
0: Exactly. It definitely was. It definitely was. So, so this is a movie, all in all, about a a gentleman who is the best high school recruit in the country, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe two, maybe three. We don't really know, according to Denzel. Yeah. So so this is about a guy who's being recruited to colleges who could also just jump straight to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy from a background who is, is taking care of his young sister. Correct. Whose father, Denzel Washington, is in jail, mm-hmm. and his mother is no longer with us. So, um, you know, you got a guy, you got a kid, basically, trying to play an adult in this movie Mm -hmm. who's trying to make, you know, serious adult decisions, um, that typically these kind of, you know, 18 year olds don't make, right. You know, and, uh, being that he is so so young, everybody wants a piece of the pie, right? If you will, he's got an uncle who has. <laughs> he's like my the, favorite character in the movie. The, the uncle is fantastic yeah. in the movie. Like I forgot about him. What he thinks he's already getting money, so he's like, "Hey, send some money Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like immediately, this guy. So so his uncle who I did, did they live in the same apartment complex? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so his his uncle. I think li- his uncle and his aunt pay for the apartment or some. Yeah, yeah. So. um he ended up uh, no, I no. The coach paid for the apartments. Mm, That's mm. right. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah. So his, his uncle is has been sort of, I guess, pseudo raising them since since his parents have been gone. Yeah. And uh, but since uh, since then, he has moved into his own apartment. Yes. Um, that we later find out was was set up by his coach of his basketball team. Yes. Another man looking for a piece. Yes, everybody in this film wants Jesus. Wants Jesus, Shuttlesworth, and that is the main character's name, Jesus Shuttlesworth, not, not Bible Jesus. No, at all. No. So,
1: which I also mentioned later in the film. Why they come up with that? Too?
0: Why they come up with that exactly? Uh, Denzel Washington. It, it and it's not really revealed. I mean, I've seen the movie before, so I I I know what happened to his mother. Mm-hmm. But you know, midway through the movie, you find out that Denzel. Accidentally, freak accident. Freak accident. Got into a brief physical altercation with his, with his wife after trying to – well, she was trying to – Protect Jesus. To protect Jesus. He was getting real hard on Jesus because he left the basketball court all pissed off. And Denzel's drinking that whole game. Yeah. And he's all pissed off. And he's like, you know, you, you're a quitter. Throws the ball. The kid leaves. Throws the kid against the wall. The mom intervenes. Mom gets thrown against a stove. Hits her head. Dies. Denzel goes to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the gist of the story. So you got a guy who has a lot of of like true daddy issues. <laughs> like, yeah. True daddy issues. And on top of that, his mother is not there, who seemed like, you know, one of his biggest supporters. And his, he's got a little sister he's also trying to take care of, who's also having her head just filled with all of these uh, these leeches.
1: That's like my favorite part of the, sh- the movie. What is is how he's protective of her, and like there's that scene, pretty early in the film when she's like, I heard this and I heard this, and he's like, and he gets frustrated, and he's yeah, like, yeah. don't listen to anything anybody yeah, says, yeah, and exactly, you're like, and you're like, you know, it, it like immediately like jumps into that like older brother, protective brother relationship, exactly,
0: exactly, but he's not like that with anything else, really. He's no. not like that. He's very cool with everyone else, um, and the one thing that I really like about. Um, the character that they bring up. There's a lot of, there's a really cool, like set of vignettes with the players yeah. that are on his team Um, that are all played except for one all played by what were current NBA rookies at the time, Walter McCarty. Um, what was the other one? Uh, John. Um, it was like all rookies from 1996 and 1997. And it was just, uh, Travis, uh, Travis best. Oh He's my God. John Wallace. Yeah. So, and, um, and, uh, his, his little, is it, it's his cousin, isn't it? Uh huh. His cousin, uh, is the only, only person that's in the movie who was not a real basketball player that's put on this team. Um, and, um, the funny thing about him, his name was a uh, booger. They call him booger. Yeah. Uh, Coleman. He's played by Hill Harper, and Hill Harper is literally 31 years old playing an 18-year-old in the movie, which I thought was a really, really fun fact. And we'll get to more fun facts later. But all the other guys in the in the movie were, like, up-and-coming college players that mm-hmm. were about to come to the NBA. Walter McCarty had just, just got there. He was um, – where did he get drafted originally? Was it the Celtics? Yep. Did he go to the Celtics originally? John Wallace, the New York Knicks, uh, Travis Best, I believe was a Pacer? Uh, yeah for a little while so uh, And Rick Fox also has just a Ridiculous <laughs> extended cameo Which I'm not going to get into much about Later but I love the vignettes Though where they're, they're all talking about what they What basketball means To them and I love The relationship that he has With those guys it like really Does seem like it's kind of a band of brothers Situation with mm-hmm. them and They are like really his Real support system even though none of them are remotely as talented as him. And he has just led them to a high school championship. Yeah. So. um AKA, this is a story of Stefan Marbury. AKA, this is the, ch- and it, yeah. Who also went to uh, Lincoln. Yep. So, uh, or was it Abraham or was it, Abraham co- Lincoln was it high Abraham School? Abraham Lincoln high school. Yeah. So this whole movie is basically based on sort of pseudo based on the, the career of, of Stefan Marbury. And, you know, and one of the things that, that they say in the movie, you know, there's a, there have been a lot of good basketball players in Coney Island history. Yeah. Ton of, ton of basketball, you know, gods out there, if you will. And none of them really got huge. Something happened. And there's definitely, there's a movie we're going to, I definitely want to make you watch that. I know you haven't seen, but it's probably one of the best basketball movies ever. And it was the first Don Cheadle movie I'd ever seen. And it's called, and I think it was like the first movie he'd ever made. It was called Rebound, and it was about Earl the goat, man goat, who was like a Coney Island legend. And when Kareem Abdul Jabbar retired, they asked him who his greatest opponent was, and he dropped his name. Oh, okay. I've heard that story. Yeah. So it's, and, 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 you know, he ends up spiraling out. So. You you think about like people like Earl the Goat, Man and Goat, who have, you know, these players that have had like these huge, you know, streetball careers, or they've become like, you know, ballpark legends, things of that nature, and nothing ever happened. Stephon Marbury got out. Kenny Anderson got out. Those were the only two. Mm-hmm. So, and this one was right after Stefan Marbury got drafted. So that's that's basically who we're basing this film off of. Um But um uh, in terms of um, a, a a a drama, a drama basketball movie, where would you rate this with with other ones that you've you've seen?
1: It's definitely up there. Um, you know, I mean,
0: Hoop Dreams is is nonfiction. I know you haven't seen that yet, and you know we'll watch that later. But you know, there's not many basketball movies that are like. Yeah, most of them are sports anthems. Most Most of them are like sports anthems. Yeah, we're talking, you know, uh, Hoosiers. You know, I mean that that's a drama. You know, but I don't a
1: long fucking watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's a long watch. But I think like i do not even the movies that long. I think it just drags. It does. It does. I mean, but if you look at like other other drama. Uh, basketball movies, this is, this is, this is really get, it right Yeah, because
1: Basketball Diaries isn't really a basketball movie. No, no. Not it's, at
0: all. It's definitely a Leonardo DiCaprio vehicle. That yes. is it. That is all that, that's going on in, that, in the Basketball Diaries.
1: The amazing angle of the movie is the fact that it's like, they really find a way, like we keep saying, like I keep bringing up the point of like they attack the NCAA with really like the harshness and the, you know, and it brings in kind of the link of Stefan Marbury who's this up-and-coming kid who – Stephon Marbury, I don't think had the issue with his parents by any means that Jesus Ellsworth did. No, but they also tie in good the idea good of,
0: plot device though. Yeah,
1: they also tie in the idea of the bribe, and the bribe is like the biggest part of the movie. The it's, whole movie is the bribe. Yeah, exactly. Where it's, hey, you get your son to sign this letter of intent to my alma mater, I'll let you
0: go. Yes. So if you don't, you're stuck here the rest of your life. So let's talk about how realistic this is. So, <laughs> so the warden of this prison, Ned Beatty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The guy who couldn't make it out of Deliverance alive. Spike Lee was like, I need a ridiculous-looking old white man who looks like he could run for governor. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. So perfectly casted. Perfectly casted. So Ned Beatty takes uh, Mr. Shuttlesworth. Off the court. Off the court. He's out. He's an important thing. Big thing. He's out shooting hoops, and he's making baskets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's talking to him about, you know, the sport of basketball. And the warden's kind of sucking up to him. Mm Mm-hmm. He's saying, oh, man, it's a great sport. Yeah, it's a beautiful sport, man. I played, yeah. you know. I played, you know. Yeah, so they're they're going back and forth. They're bullshitting each other. And then he drops. He's like, the governor really is a huge big state fan. He's and he an would, alum. And he is he's an alum there, and he would be willing to reduce the sentence, which I believe is what? Life. life? Is it 15 to life, I think yeah. it is? 15 to life. Reduce the the sentence dramatically, I think he said. Mm-hmm. Or cut it in half. I mean, I don't know what it was. It was uh,
1: something to the sense of like, hey, this is a big reward for you. This is a
0: big reward for you if you can nudge your son in the direction and have him sign a letter of intent to Big State. <laughs> I don't think it was Yukon. No, no. So you've got him. So so Denzel Washington has been let out of, of – Maximum security (laughs) present You gotta make a movie out of it somehow Sean (laughs) And they give him Two handlers Jim Brown (laughs) One of them is Jim Brown NFL Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown And Jim Brown man was getting some serious movie deals back then I don't know if you're a fan of The Tim Burton underdog classic Mars Attacks (laughs) But he has a really good role in that So this was filmed right around that same time Where Jim, Jim Brown was getting some some decent movie credits to his name. And, was like a, and I would tell you, this is probably Jim Brown's best role. Yes. He is fantastic as, this, so as this as this is this handler and there's one other gentleman. And they're definitely good cop, bad cop in him. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jim Brown is the bad cop. You yeah. know? don't puke in my car, I'll make you lick it up.
1: Well yeah, because that's a that's an important thing, is to make it to where he gets out of prison. So they're like the other, the other guy. Yes. The other, they, they stage, aren't, they stage a sickness,
0: They stage a sickness. So this is, this is already crooked as hell. Right. So they stage a sickness. He starts throwing up. They take him out and they get him out of the prison. Like they've, they've taken, I'll, I'll give the governor and the, the prison system some credit here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like after all the things that have, you know, recently happened with, you know, prison things lately, it really kind of brings some perspective to it. Like these things probably do happen, <laughs> but we won't go into that. Um, but he gets out and they put him in literally the crappiest like flea bag apartment building they could find, but yes. they put it near... The basketball, uh, the, the basketball cage. court, the cage. So n- near his son, as close as they can get to it without, you know, putting him right in his face. Yeah. So they put him in this in this flea bag, this flea bag uh, apartment, and he lives next door to Hooker Mila <laughs> <laughs> who's pimp also. Stays in the apartment. Yes, whose pimp also stays in the apartment. Very flamboyant man. Yes, guy does a great job. The guy who plays the pimp, I can't, I can't place him, but he, he's fantastic. He at is. It. I'm gonna go into Mila Jovovich here. Yes. So Mila Jovovich has made a career over the last uh, 15, 20 years of being like an action film star, and seeing her just kind of like get stomped on for the majority of this movie mm-hmm. is kind of hard for me to believe. It's like, this is the girl, I mean, I mean, when you think of Mila Jovovich, you're thinking, you know, obviously the like 10 volume Resident Evil series, yes. which only needed like maybe one movie and that was it, <laughs> but they just kept making them. and Well, somebody, the video games were selling. So. Somebody kept paying to see those movies after the first one came out, and I, I just saw the first one a couple of years ago, and I was just like, why did they make more of these? Mm-hmm. And not just like more than two or three, I mean, it was just, it was crazy, but anyways, and then, of course, she did The Fifth Element, which is another, like, kind of science fiction classic, so seeing her in this movie is kind of a, I don't buy it, because it's just, it goes against her character type, because she's always playing this this badass action star in everything that she's in, Um, but she's playing a hooker who, you know, Denzel Washington's kind of cozying up to her, he doesn't have any friends or anything, you know, he's got a lot of remorse, obviously, for you know, the, you know, the killing of his wife and, and all that. But while he's getting out of jail, every other leech in town is trying to get a piece of Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the uncle, the uncle wants a piece. The uncle's the best part. He is, he, he is <laughs> going he's after like, money.
1: He's like, can I get some money? I just need you to let, why don't you let me wet my beak a little bit? Yeah, let me wet my <laughs> beak
0: just a little bit. And like, he's like, really? really? Wet my beak? Wet my, Yeah. <laughs>
1: But, yes, like, there's, you know, everyone's, you know, trying to chime in. The coach is, like, playing it cool. Like, yeah, Jesus, you know, The, take the, your co- time. the coach,
0: they don't reveal the coach's hand until a little bit later in yeah. the movie. And he's also, you know, don't going after this as well. But, um, and then, of course, let's let's not forget his girl. Lala, Lala. Played by Rosario Dawson. Yeah. And I totally forgot she was in that movie until. She's incredible. She's great in this movie. She's yeah. fantastic. I put and it
1: up there with like Clerks Two for her.
0: Is is she in Clerks Two? <laughs> she is. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah i i didn't I didn't put together that Rosario Dawson was actually in the movie and in in, in in he got game until the other. Night. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, I hadn't seen it in a long time. She so hasn't aged. No, she looks she looks great. Um, so she is his his girlfriend kind of his confidant and she immediately says on one of the first meetings they have and you can tell they have a very strong relationship Mm -hmm. she's very lovey-dovey with him she's very protective of him, and she immediately goes the agent round goes the rage eight she says look i've got a friend of the family Mm -hmm. who wants to talk to you he's an agent he wants five minutes jesus says no I'm not talking to any agents. I told you I'm not doing that. I'm not going that route. And she's like, please, please, please. And eventually he does. He finally he finally does it. But also a huge scene in the movie. Huge scene in the movie. Huge scene. But all of these other these other people are trying to get my favorite though is um oh who's the who's the guy who takes him out in his car? Oh yeah, yeah. Um Oh my gosh. We pull up the cast on the IMDBs. Oh man. Big time Willie. Big time Willie. So Big Time Willie is what? No, what exactly was it established? What Big Big Town Willie actually does?
1: He I just think he was like a
0: caretaker. Basically, he's a caretaker. He's he drives in a really sick convertible. It actually says I think Big Time on his on his license plate, and but he's also like telling him like don't fall down these holes. Played by Roger Smith. Yeah. Yes. So, so he's telling him not to fall down these holes, don't, don't go down, don't get lost in drugs, don't get lost in women, you know. And then he's like, yeah, there's, he's there's like, a lot of obstacles you're going to end up he, – he really kind of gives them – uses a little bit more colorful language than we are. Way but. <laughs> more colorful language than we would ever use on here. But, um, you know, he's kind of just driving them around, and he's he, – the only reason why they hop in this car with him – is because Denzel walks up to them and he wants to talk to him, and he's yeah. like, "Oh my god!" So, ooh, ooh, we should back up. Yeah, we're gonna
1: back up because
0: we need to talk about the scene when he comes out
1: and he sees him for the first time. Yes, because you know when Denzel gets out, which say, "Um, he find he goes to the Mary, the daughter, yeah, Jesus' sister."
0: Smart idea, Jesus and Mary. You knew that. You knew the. Yep, <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> Yeah, so he goes immediately and tries to reestablish his relationship with the the younger daughter. Yes. Who obviously she misses her dad. It's her right. dad, so she's a little bit more, you know, receptive of him coming out of jail, but she's kind of like, "What what are you doing out?" Right. <laughs> you know, it all seems kind of funny, but then the scene where they he's like, "Let's go back to the house," and they go back to the house, and then Jesus shows up at the house, and you know, the only thing I don't like about that scene, like Ray Allen doesn't play it as like super shocked, like when he walks right. in the door and he sees him. Like he's just kind of mad.
1: He's just like, "I told you not to let strangers in the house."
0: Yeah, like immediately, like, but he's not like. There's nothing that's 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 really like shocked about the 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 event for him. It's like your dad's out of jail and he's in your house with your your sister and like. I don't know, I don't, it's like one of the one scenes I just don't think he plays it off well enough. I don't, I don't, I don't like how he plays that scene at all.
1: I agree, because I think truthfully through this film, I think Ray Allen actually has a really good acting job for being
0: a... Oh, yeah, first time actor, yeah. everything. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's, he does a, he does a fantastic job with, Pretty much everything in it. I mean, and you can tell he's this is definitely like a first acting job for him. Yeah, it's but, certainly better than when Darius Miles was in
1: that like one MTV movie.
0: Oh, I don't even know what that is, but now I want to watch it. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's like the perfect score or something like that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. So
1: you know they have that scene, and then this is when he sees, keeps like Jake Shuttlesworth keeps turning up. Jensen Washington's character, and he keeps finding ways to avoid him. So he's at the he says I'll be at the cage later. He shows up at the cage, where another huge part of the movie is he gets some money from the security from his guards. Blows
0: the entire money.
1: Yes, on the Air Jordan Thirteens. Air Jordan Thirteen. He got games, which I have in my hand right now.
0: You do. They, the time, they, can't, they can't see it, but they believe you. Yes, they're which, there. I'm looking at him, ladies and gentlemen. I love when he's in there. The beautiful. Sh-
1: when he's in the shoe store, and the guy that goes to help him put him on a shoe, it's on his feet, and he goes. He sees the ankle brace and he goes, "Oh yeah, that's um for my uh arthritis." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, my brother has the arthritis too."
0: Yeah, yeah. Like he totally plays it cool. He's like, "That's fine. I don't care. I'm gonna get a shoe. I'm gonna get a shoe sale right now. So that's yeah. fine." So. But he buys those to impress his son. Exactly. You know, and it's it's definitely, it's the newest Jordan at the time, so. That's, yeah, I don't that, think
1: it actually was worn in games yet. Yeah. In real NBA yeah.
0: games. So, and immediately when Jesus comes out on to the floor, he immediately says to him, I see you have the new Jordans.
1: While he is wearing the black and white foam posits. Yes. Made famous by, of
0: course. Tim Duncan.
1: And Penny Hardaway.
0: And Penny, yes. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of so, course.
1: Yeah, Dunk. But you're right. Duncan in his like in his first run of the Spurs, his time with Adidas, had the white the white ones with the black swoosh. Yes, yes. And they were like a really popular film poster for a long time.
0: So he's got the shoes. He's making his move, and Booger shows up too. Mm-hmm. He brings Booger with him.
1: He's like Booger, you got taller.
0: And yeah, he's basically kind of kissing Booger's ass a little bit, and Booger's like really excited because he says that he's been taller. He's taller than he was before, mm-hmm. and. You're working Let's on him, your game working on your game and you know so kind of tries to you know he's he's playing the game really well cuz cause, cause he hasn't revealed his cards yet either he's playing the john calipari game he's playing the john calipari game
1: well minus the jail time
0: so um this is this is when he reveals to him they go on a walk and he reveals to him that the reason why they named him jesus was not because it wasn't you know the biblical name it was Earl the Pearl Monroe
1: Well that's like my One of my favorite quotes In the movie Yes Is when he goes
0: Why'd you call me Jesus Why'd you call me he Jesus He goes
1: It's biblical And he goes Oh you don't say Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, so, and it was because of Earl the Pearl who was, who was called Jesus and then eventually black Jesus by the media, as he said. And, uh, and, and that's, and that's how he got his name. So he was really named after Earl the Pearl Monroe. Yeah. And he stresses in the film that it wasn't, he's like, man, he's like the Knicks cut him back. You know, they, they, they put the straps on him and, and, but he's like, when he was with the bullets, man, he was, he was the greatest. So, yeah. You know, a lot of people do believe that. Oh well, yeah, he was a better player on on the bullets. Yeah, yeah I mean,
1: so also in this time is when because the th- the big theme of the film obviously is he's making his college decision, and the thing that kind of keeps the story going is everyone says, "Do you know where you're going yet? Do you know where you're going yet? Do you know where you're going yet?" And he even Jake shows with a, like earlier in the film before this scene asks him that, and he goes, "Oh, you're just like everyone else." And he says, and this one he says, "I want you to a big state," and he goes, "Oh, you're just like everyone else is like what everyone else is saying is like." I'm not everybody. I'm your father, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's like a huge part of the film too. So this is that scene when they're walking down the boardwalk Yeah. and they have that conversation of like, I want you to go here. And it's kind of starting to come out more and more of why. Yeah.
0: And, and then he, and then he tells them, he straight out tells them, it, you know, they're going to reduce my sentence. And, you know, Jesus is like, I don't care if they reduce your sentence or not. <laughs> you yeah. know, basically, you know, no, <laughs> you know, you're just like everybody else. But, You know, and Denzel is, you know, he's playing as, you know, Denzel, Denzel was already an amazing actor. He was already an amazing actor. But this is one thing that I've noticed about Denzel Washington in this movie. Denzel plays a completely different character in this movie than he does in his typical Denzel Washington films. He's a different kind of guy. And I feel like the whole movie, the whole movie, I kept wondering if Mark Wahlberg's persona was dragged off of Denzel Washington's character. Like, his everyday persona. Because the whole movie, I just sat there and thought to myself, I'm like, if Denzel would just walk towards the screen and just say, say hello to your mother for me, that would be perfect. Like, he is... (laughs) Like, Mark Wahlberg's persona is so much like the persona of this character that Denzel Washington portrays in this movie. I mean, like, to a T... Like, cause it's, it's not, it's not Denzel. Like Denzel like kind of loses himself in the role. He is a different character. This isn't the equalizer right. or any of these other, like remember the Titans, remember the Titans. It's American not, gangster. Yeah, yeah. Like he has all these typical roles that he has done over the years and this is just completely different and he's great in it. Yeah. And like, I buy that he is this character, the entire I movie. Too. I did too. I think I actually in my notes. I put
1: Um, Ray Allen, a really good first acting job. Denzel Washington already an outstanding actor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, and you had to have when casting this, this, uh, part, you had to have a great veteran actor to bring this all together. Yeah. Cause if you, if you got some other, you wouldn't, you, you you can have a a newbie actor, but you got to have someone great to make the whole thing glue together. And that's what they do in this movie. And he got, you know, uh, you know, when he got he got a few other, you know, big name actors, John uh, Tertullo. Yeah. Tertrello, playing the coach. Yeah. He plays one of the coaches who tries to, you know, pray and do a whole bunch of stupid stuff with him to try to try to get him to sign. But uh, it's just it, it's funny, you know, looking back at, you know, we already talked about well, Rosario Dawson being in this. I mean, there's just there's so many. I mean, it was one of her probably first acting roles, but there's so many good actors in this movie.
1: Yeah, there is, and I think that's you know, like we said, the cast just like is just awesome. And, Everything. And
0: Bill it. Bill Nun is is Uncle Bubba. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's fantastic. So funny. Yeah, he is. He's he's com he's comic relief in this film. Yeah, because he is basically like
1: my nephew's gonna make some money. I'm gonna make. I'm taking care of him. He owes me.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to talk a second about the recruiting scene.
0: Okay. Which one?
1: So the one when, uh, well, first I want to talk about the Sports Center special okay. you know, they do on him, where they making him look like a, he's this really excited teenager. Exactly. And they're profiling the team, and he's doing like his like, "My name is Jesus." Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And he did like that whole thing, and that's when they bring in like they have Shaq, they have Reggie Miller, they have Michael yeah. Jordan. I think they actually have. It wasn't Kobe. It was um, was it Marbury? It was somebody else. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. But, so that was always cool. But then, like, the recruiting scene where all those college coaches, so Dean Smith, like, Roy Williams is at Kansas at this time. Yeah, he is. Rick Pitino.
0: Rick is a bust. He's, he, they show him, but he's. John
1: Chaney, John, John Thompson. Cheney. Yes. So it's, like, all, it's all these, the big ones. Yeah, and that's all I was
0: like, do Except watch. for Coach K.
1: Yeah.
0: he was the only, like, major, like, not, major college coach that wasn't included in that scene at the time.
1: My favorite part is George Carl, isn't it?
0: Yes. And got in a young looking George Carl. Yeah, and I almost like, I was kinda taken back by it. I was like, man, I forgot that he looked like that at one point. This
1: is before he like admits in his book that he hates Ray Allen in yeah. real life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, the the recruiting scene, so that's that's incredible when they're talking about all the programs and everything that, you know. And so. the
1: camera is the best part of it. Like you said earlier, this movie is not shot like other ones. So you don't see Jesus at all in this scene. You just see everyone like, hi, I'm Dean Smith. Hi, I'm Roy Williams. Yeah. And if you remember, there was – um, this kind of ties in video games – 2K17. Yeah. When they did the My Career mode, it was, a, it was produced by Spike Lee. Yeah. And they used that scene when you're the guy picking – colleges to go play at yeah yeah he used the same thing he's same camera angles same
0: everything just for a video game yeah yeah i guess he kind of recycled that didn't he
1: yeah which that's that works the the old classic um dusty roads rule that you can i mean jim Cornette rule you can use in like in real life everything's fresh after seven years
0: yeah that's that's true So Jesus is getting recruited by um a bunch, obviously the the coaches and everything um, and then Lala finally does arrange this meeting with this pretty slimy agent mm-hmm. who is uh, who and this is the one. it <laughs> one of the things like I didn't get so She's with she's this like
1: sleeping with them.
0: No, she's with this. Yeah. It's, well, it's not the agent though. It's, it's, I guess the family of the friend or whatever, yeah. the family friend or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't even know what that guy's name is. The bald guy she's with, but they all go there and it's like, you know, Ray Allen knows that Rosario Dawson is messing around with this other guy. It's like, why is this other guy always around? Right. Like, I, I would make you pretty suspicious, I think, but he goes over there anyway. Even you know, she's like, "Please, you know." And this guy takes him to his house and he shows him all of his cars. He shows him his basketball court in his in his house. He tries to give him a Rolex. That's what he said. It was like $15,000 or something like $20,000. And he's not taking any bribes. Mm -hmm. He's not taking that. He's looking at the cars. Obviously, he's thinking about it. He's like, you can have this. You can have that. You can have all of this. You can have a bigger house than me, everything. And he's not buying it. Now, they walk out onto the balcony. And right below them, Lala is like full on making out with this guy. And – if you're looking at the shot, it looks like Ray Allen can see exactly what's going on, but and the agents, you know, giving him more like things that he can give him, you know, oh, you know, he's like here's here's, you know, a contract, sign it, we can get you into the NBA. I know that there are teams in the NBA that want to draft you now, and he says contenders. But it's like, what kind of contender would have the number one draft pick? Yeah. Come on. This
1: isn't the 1980s when the
0: Lakers traded to get the James Worthy pick. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that was a little bit not believable on my end. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, you're not like, <laughs> and it'd be like now like going the Phoenix Suns, a contender are very interested in you, <laughs> you know? And it's like, mm, you want to go to Cleveland? Yeah. So that, that was the one thing I didn't get, but he's, he totally just. Blows this guy off. But then he goes to meet with Mr. Rick Fox. So the college visit. The college visit scene. There's
1: two scenes here that are extremely volatile to this film. Okay. So while Jesus Shuttlesworth is on his college visit, Jake Shuttlesworth meets Lala. Yes. And he has a conversation. He's like, do you know where my son is? And she's like, I don't know. He's like, I think you know.
0: And that's when he beats
1: up the he beats, he beats up
0: her new boy her boyfriend her other her, guy her dude on the side yeah because yeah. he tries to do it and he punches him and then he runs <laughs> <laughs> yes. just I mean and I mean like really really plows his face and yes. you know and and it's it's actually it's a great scene because it is. because it's like one of those it's one of those things like he's he Jake knows. Denzel, yeah, Denzel's not dumb. Denzel's not dumb. He knows exactly what he's like. Lala's Jake a leech as well. What's been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he yeah. even talks about it. He's, yeah, there's partners. He's he like that girl. He's, Lala's bad news, you know. So yeah, yeah so it's uh, so he does he does do that. So he goes to yes. So Rick Fox
1: is his. So when they, when they, he's when, like an ambassador for this college. When kids visit programs, they have kind of their like, there's um I can't trying to think what the word was like, their um. Their tour guide, yes. He's like the visiting, so he's on the team. And he takes them around. He's showing them campus. He takes them to the court, to the basketball arena, where they do the thing, where they play like the Jumbotron. And That's they, how they get you, just yeah. playing that Jumbotron. And they, they put, the put fit, your name in the big lights. They put the fake crowd noise on. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're really They're really they're, putting they're it out. And, it and John, uh, John, was it Tur- Tur- Turtorell? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the coach on the team. And he has them. Join hands and pray, you know, he's pl- playing He's playing the religion theme, you know, probably because his name is Jesus and he thinks that he's, you know, religious, you know. So, I mean, like, everybody's just trying to pull out so much bullshit yes. to, like, get this guy to sign. But Rick Fox pulls out literally the big guns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he shut around the, do- the, the dorm room. Shows the around gym.
0: the dorm rooms and literally drops him off in a room with two porn stars. They were completely naked. Completely naked, and he's like, I'm just gonna go, and I'll see you around, and basically closes the door behind him, and I was surprised to know that one of them was Chasey Lane, who was famously, there. she was a, a subject of a song by the Bloodhound group when I was growing up. It was called The Ballad of Chasey Lane, so that was Chasey Lane, and I didn't know that until I looked up stuff for this movie. I was like, oh, okay. So, Jesus has some fun with the ladies. Mhm. You know, whatever. And uh If you know what we mean. If we yeah. <laughs> And uh and then he goes back. And then he goes back. And um at this point Jake has kind of cozied up to Mila Jovovich, the the hooker. She has been beat up by her pimp.
1: He also has AKA
0: Sweetness. Sweetness. Sweetness has been beating her up and he's kind of cozied up to her and she's kind of cozied up to him and they're both very, very alone. Yes. And that's kind of what makes them work. However, their relationship really isn't, I don't know, they're not really connected enough.
1: Yeah, it's a very like, uncomfortable sex scene. It's a scene. very
0: uncomfortable sex scene, very brief. And then you don't see her the rest of the movie. Nope. Like, they just, like, that's it. Um, She's like, I gotta go, Resident Evil 14's getting into production. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the pre stage, the pre planning <laughs> stage of 14. I signed a 27 movie
1: contract. <laughs>
0: I feel like at this point we need to have like a Resident Evil and a Underworld crossover <laughs> because they both have so many. St- they both of them are just they're 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 100 movies that don't even need to be franchises. Right. While
1: we're at it, let's just a little Van Helsing. And I in agree there. with
0: Alex. He's we we we've, we've talked about this many times. Jurassic Park, man. Like no, I, I agree. Like Jurassic Park, the first one is it's, great. Oh, it, awesome! It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. It doesn't need any sequels. No, there's none. nothing to do. There's like, you're not going to, there's going to be another one that's going to come out in a couple years and it's never going to be as good as the original. They have went to Universal Studios and I they went. have, they have changed the Jurassic Park. Rode the ride. Adventure to the Jurassic World adventure. I know. And no one's going to remember Jurassic World. Nope. Like it's just so, it's not. I'll never forget. I saw
1: it in theaters with my stepdad and the end scene, you're like, we just looked at each other and went. No.
0: yeah yeah (laughs) like i mean it's not it's not a i'll say jurassic world is the best it's the best sequel the best sequel of a shitty franchise yes we'll just go ahead and say that it's fun but it's not you know it doesn't need any resident evil movie doesn't need one yeah underworld how many freaking underworld movies are there too many there's too many i remember a tray was on a soundtrack for one who's going to see this and it's like those movies came out but it's like Van Helsing only got one movie. Right. And Which, it's basically the same thing as the other ones. It's just as bad too. It's just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> like so how, why 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 didn't Hugh Jackman sign like a 12 film deal for for Van Helsing? I don't I don't understand. And, of
1: course, we've now lost all the people who tuned in for He Got Game. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry,
0: we went off track a little bit. I just have to vent sometimes about yes. crappy movie franchises. So,
1: you're right. He comes back, and that's when he's <laughs> kind of getting settled back in. Him and Lala are on having the conversation when, like, everything's just coming out. About, everything's like, coming Their out. history. Yeah. How he couldn't have a kid, and how they had the uh, thing that yeah. I don't really like to talk about. Yeah. And, um, sure. Yes. And then <laughs> they go splitsies.
0: Yeah, and she basically... She he basically says you're just like everybody else, and she's like, well, she's like, you know, you're gonna end up she and 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 everything she says, everything both of them are saying is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna end up with her. She right. knows that she's gonna be the lost, uh, you know, high school sweetheart in this, and she just wants her piece of the pie at this point, right. And he's just appalled by this, you know, because he's, you know, I mean, think there's, there's a piece of his character that you believe really loves this, this girl. Mm-hmm. And she literally kisses him and just leaves him on the boardwalk. Yep. And that's the end of her. <laughs> yep. So the women, I'll say this, the female characters in this movie are... They're background characters, yes. which is which I don't really like this about it. This movie's
1: about two people.
0: It's about two people. It's about the father son relationship. It's not about the females in the movie, but I don't well, really. I was
1: talking about Jim Brown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's about Jim and Denzel yes. and their relationship. And Ray Allen. If you puke there. in my car, lick every drop up. Yes, <laughs> that's him. Okay, so this leads to the basketball game. This leads to the the epic conclusion, which. In honesty, is isn't really that epic, no. but but they make it out to be as epic as they the sto- can.
1: The background story of shooting it is more epic than the actual scene. Yes,
0: yes. So they go they go to eleven by by ones, right? Mm-hmm. Ones, and twos. ones and twos. Denzel gets what five points immediately.
1: Yeah. So the story is that Ray was told you're going to beat him eleven nothing. Yeah. So he like kind of like eased off, and then Denzel made a couple buckets. And they kept it. Yeah. And Denzel is actually talking shit to Ray Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Not not Jake and Jesus. This is Denzel Denzel talking shit to Ray Allen. Allen. Allen Which I expect nothing less. Yeah.
0: Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if you can... (laughs) If you can, if I'm hitting buckets on an NBA player let alone one of the three hey man, greatest shooters hey man, of all time, I just I think about I think about Trainwreck and Bill Hader and and <laughs> LeBron and when he when he just leaves after yeah, that was a real thing that was a real thing and yeah. he just walks out yeah so it's it's same kind of thing so it's like if you're Denzel Washington and you're playing an actual NBA player someone who is generally considered to be probably a top three shooter of all time <laughs> at this point, uh he's number three, um. <laughs> <laughs> The old Sean Mackey top three. He's three. I would just, you know, it's like. (laughs) Steph, Reggie, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. So there. uh, So and he's and he puts the he puts the letter of intent in the fence and and says, you know, if you if I beat you, you uh, you have to sign the letter of intent. If uh, you beat me, you can rip it up or do whatever. Sign the letter. You can do whatever you want. It's up to you. And he does beat him. Mm-hmm. And he I, he goes at him hard. Like, I mean, he's doing like, I was looking at, kind of watching over the game aspect of that and him just backing up Denzel Washington and really just Putting going him at him, him, giving him the moves. Giving yeah. him the moves, exactly. And I mean, it's obvious he's much taller than him. It's obvious he's an NBA basketball player. He's an player. NBA basketball <laughs> yes. player. Denzel looks good out there, though, he man. Does. He looks good. I mean, he definitely trained for this. So, um, but he ends up winning. And, and that
1: leads to the scene where, the, 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 you know, um, Jim Brown and the other cop come in, and they say, Shuttlesworth, it's time, where he has the scene that says, I'll tell you one thing, son, make sure you get out and be something, don't be another. Yes. Like your
0: father. Yes. And yeah. He says, he says, you get that hatred out of your heart, or you'll end up another blank, like your father. And, and that's literally what he says, and then he walks off the court, which mm-hmm. is literally the most powerful line of the entire movie. Yes. So... Ultimately, Jesus decides to sign with Big State. However.
1: However.
0: He did not sign that letter of an intent. For his father. For his father.
1: So, which leads to when he returns to talk to the warden. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty, (laughs) yes. He says, well, my son did sign. He said, well, it wasn't because of what you did.
0: But it really was. Yes. It really was.
1: But we should also mention the scene where he's announcing in the gym at high school. It's actually a really cool scene too, because it's him announcing, but it's also him reading the letter, yeah, that he wrote, like his speech, yeah. And he says at the end, "I'd also like to thank my father," yeah, which is like a very like big moment, which of course leads to Jake Shuttlesworth at the other game shooting and shooting and shooting, and decides to like walk off
0: out of bounds. Yes, you can't do that on the prison courts. Apparently, no, there's and- literally like a line that's like don't don't cross that line. If you cross that line. You, I, I can't be responsible for well, you. Well,
1: we forgot that this is a big – the reason this scene is important, not just because it's the end of the movie. Earlier in the movie when we talked about the scene when Jesus gets pissed off when he's young, he just throws the ball.
0: He throws the ball over the, over over the, the fence. Thing. So, yeah, so quits on his dad right there. It was just like, I'm not doing this. You yeah, know, and so in
1: this scene – When Jake is walking and you hear the cop, the cops going, "Shuttlesworth, you need to stop now." Yeah, and he he
0: throws throws the the ball ball. over the prison walls, and the ball lands in on symbolically an indoor
1: college basketball arena.
0: Ends in the and it's it's an old beaten up basketball, and Jesus is sitting there shooting in this basketball court alone, and sees the ball, catches it, and smiles. Yeah, so so the way way. It, it says Jake ultimately finds freedom by casting away his dreams and burdens of his son Jesus, symbolized by the follow the throwing of his old basketball over the prison wall and magically onto the big state court where Jesus is practicing alone. Did you Jesus? Write this? No. Jesus clutches the ball, knowing it is a message of hope from his father. That's how it is supposed to be received. Now, the way that I remembered this, I was always under the impression that from from. You know, like I said, I hadn't seen this since I was probably in the eighth grade, right? Okay, and I didn't really—the ending—I didn't really get the first time. And I don't even remember the ball bouncing in the court with Ray Allen catching it. Like I didn't catch any of that when I was in the eighth grade. I was just confused by the ending when he's saying "stop," and and he's got the gun, um, you know, pointed at him. The prison guards pointed at him. I was under the impression that he wanted to get shot. And just because he was stuck in prison, that was always, but it wasn't, that really isn't the case at all, which is right. a much bleaker ending in my mind as an eighth grader. And that's why I thought it was so much darker than it was. And actually now, you know, being, <laughs> being almost 36 years old, like I, I'm watching it, you know, with fresh eyes and going, oh, okay. It's a little bit more, it's a little bit more than that. It's not as bleak as yet, as I thought it right. was. So, but, uh, fantastic movie. Now let's talk about, there's a few fun facts about this movie. We already talked about, obviously, the shoes, the, the game, the shoes and, uh, and the game. No, we didn't really get the special detail out the shoe. So okay. like
1: we said, the Air Jordan 13 came out, was not out yet for this movie. So the Jordan brand made two pairs
0: of shoes for this movie. Two of movie. them. And here they go to?
1: Spike Lee and Denzel Washington. Not Ray, Ray Allen. Ray Allen did not get his own pair of thir- Jordan 13s for this movie. That is pretty
0: incredible. Yes. Well, you know, you got to think Michael Jordan, a lot of respect for Spike Lee over the years, Mm -hmm. and Denzel.
1: He actually had some sick player edition 13s when he played
0: for the Celtics. Oh, really? Yeah, man. They were... Oh, I didn't know that. They go for a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. So... Back just a couple of years ago, Ray Allen and Spike Lee actually had conversations about making a sequel to this movie. Did they really? They did. Wow. And um, they were about going to have a de facto sequel to the film with Allen saying that he would envision Jesus Shuttlesworth nearing the end of his successful pro career like Ray Allen was. And, you know, he was playing for the Heat at the time. When he
1: was Judas Shuttlesworth, the, heat, the Celtics t-shirts fans made when he signed with the Heat.
0: And as a part of... His expression of interest in such a project When Miami Heat players were allowed to wear special jerseys With nicknames or initials as part of an NBA promotion He wore Shuttlesworth He wore the Jay Shuttlesworth on the back An image Spike Lee immediately and happily posted to Instagram So there was They were really kind of trying to It was a marketing ploy It was a marketing ploy, exactly So Now Ray Allen was not the original first choice for this film Right It was Kobe Bryant's Not Steph
1: Also, Trace McGrady.
0: Also, Trace McGrady. These were literally the biggest basketball players of the 2000s. These guys that were, you know, late 90s. three of
1: the top 10 players of the 2000s.
0: It says, while Kobe liked the script and the idea of working with Spike, he had just finished his rookie year in the NBA in 1996-97 and had shot several air balls in a brutal playoff loss by the Lakers to the Utah Jazz And a planned workout program that helped him maintain his strength through the longer NBA season, season, a major adjustment as Kobe Bryant... Was straight from high school to the pros he he told spike in the summer of 97 that it was too important for him to spend time making the fi- it was too important to spend time making the film and spike promptly sought out ray allen who quickly accepted the role
1: so on brand for kobe Bryant. yeah so
0: <laughs> so he decided not to do it um guess how many days this film took to make if you're just gonna do a ballpark four days no four, come on four days Kind of kind of B movie did you think it was? White Angel was shot in two weeks. Okay, well this was shot in twenty three days, which I think is pretty quick. That's a pretty quick ass movie. To
1: put in context, Space Jam Two has been shot through the summer.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, any of these movies with you know basketball players when they they're shooting in the summer, they have to be shot quick. But twenty three days is Crazy. not even a month. Right. So uh, especially a movie that you know this is a this is a good movie. Yeah. This you know movie. what I mean? So you know, but you never know. Uh, as I said before, Hill Harper who portrays Booger. It was a teenager in the film, was 31 years old, which is crazy to me. So, like, that guy's – He
1: definitely looks like a teenager. And he, yeah,
0: and I, and I I kept kind of – look after I read that, I kept kind of watching it, and I was like, God, he looks like he could be 18 years old. I yeah. mean, he was great. I mean, this guy's in his 50s now. That's just wild to think. Um, it was the first major motion picture written and directed by Spike Lee not to have one of his own performances in it. So he was in it, and it's funny. You oh could, God, yeah. You could you could have probably just as well put Mars Blackman in a movie, in this movie as like a comic relief piece or just like a brief cameo. Yeah, like it would still it, it would literally be the commercial in the back. It literally yeah, it literally it would have worked. Um, so those are kind of the that's really it in terms of, of fun facts for the movie. There's really not a whole lot. So um, because Spike Lee, I it think was he, his first movie to debut in number one. Yes, it was but it was it was a flop. Yeah. It only made I think I, I think, think tw- I think it made the, like 20 and it The budget
1: was 22 and I think it grossed
0: 25. Yeah, so it was it wasn't a big hit. I'm sure it probably made a lot of money on home video after it came out over the mm-hmm. years so it's probably re- recouped some cost, but um, not a big film for him at the time and um and which is really surprising to me because you know Spike Lee who's always been this big basketball fan finally like makes like a movie
1: yeah, because about
0: the love of basketball. And can we talk about we didn't talk about this at all at the beginning, but the beautiful opening sequence. Oh, of this film, God. Yes. Just to kind of show the love and beauty of basketball, you know, and, and from all different parts of the of the United States, you know, uh, people playing on street courts. The one that really resonated with me the most was the kid shooting the ball in the milk crate. Mm Because when I was a kid, uh, this is going to sound really gutter, I didn't have a basketball hoop for a long time. And all my friends had these real fancy courts with a big flat, you know, concrete gorilla goal. Well, yeah, before, it was actually before gorilla goals got popular. Everybody had, you know, nice courts. And I literally, I'm not even making this up, I was so obsessed with hoops at the time that I had a swing set in my backyard and I put a net on the monkey bars and shot through the monkey bars at my house and I had to shoot a soccer ball because that was the only thing that could go through it so I would sit out back in my yard with no concrete and shoot through that and I saw the kid with the crate and I was like oh that's my poor ass <laughs> 20 years ago shooting shooting into the monkey bars I had to walk to like parks to play yeah well I mean yeah I would have rather done that yeah. so and we, I didn't even we, we finally when I when I grew up we eventually got a you know where I took you Uh, A few months ago, that church that's down the street from my house, you know, that we went and shot hoops at. Like, that's where I went. I went, just rode my bike there one day. I was like, oh, my God, they put up a basketball hoop. This is great. It's right down the street from my house. I don't have to have one in my backyard anymore. But seeing all those different places, the the kids playing basketball on, like, the farms, like, dribbling the ball on the grass. Like, to me, that really just kind of rang home because that's what I grew up doing. Like, I was, like, playing true Kentucky basketball. We didn't have a court. We were dribbling on dirt. You know, so I really kind of gravitated towards that, you know, as a a guy who, you know, kind of roughed it through his childhood with that kind of stuff. So but um, just a beautiful title sequence. I mean, it's it's just a it's just a but it's a I will say this. He got game is a fantastic movie. It's so good. It's so good. It's that's why we definitely decided to do this. This second one on it, because it's just uh, just a fantastic movie.
1: Yeah. It's it's you know truly like I you know we talked you know we I know we differed on our opinions of Space Jam, and Space Jam is not this kind of movie by any means. But like, this is my favorite basketball. I mean, Space Jam is like my, one of my favorite movies. But this is my favorite true basketball film. That's not some ridiculous goofy slapstick comedy movie. This is like, that, and the movie we're gonna do next, are, like the two for me.
0: The, those are the those are the top two for you. Yeah. Well, sir. I'm gonna have to change your mind when we finally get to slam dunk Ernest.
1: <laughs> Where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's an angel that?
0: Yes, yes, because that that is that is my kind of basketball movie.
1: Does he actually play Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or
0: does he play like a character? Who? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar plays plays a uh, like a genie. Type I know he's like a genie angel. character. Like a genie angel like character. character who brings magical shoes to to Mr. Ernest P. Worrell.
1: This movie, going back to He Got Game. Um, you know, we emphasize a lot in spaceship, like the soundtrack and this soundtrack was really good too, but not in the sense, obviously where it was like these great pop hits, but you know, there was like small samples of like a lot of music in it. And the title track at the end is public enemies. He got game. And it's like when it's playing in the in the closing credits, yeah. So like yeah. The music's perfect fit for this movie for like all 100%. the time. 100%. Yeah, and all it's the it's and...
0: yeah, the, that ending track is is incredible just yeah. with that. So it's it's uh it's perfect. You hear like Chuck D's voice and it's just so perfect for like 98 and Exactly, exactly. Um now we're not going to say the soundtrack's better than Space Jam. Oh god no. Oh god no. <laughs> the Space Jam I'm glad you brought up the soundtrack because this movie does have a fantastic soundtrack. I mean, obviously it was one that I didn't have when I was growing up because Space was Jam. It released? So, um, I'm not really sure if they actually ever released. it. I don't think it was. I mean, it's got a. I mean, I'm sure the score is probably available someplace. A lot of the movie a lot of the movie, just uses the London Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. For uh, you know, the act, and there's so much, so, so there's much probably like a CD version of, yeah, Public Enemies. He got game. But. Yeah, yeah. But most, most of the music in the film, there's only a couple of actual like. Real songs and most of it's just score, uh, which and the score's fantastic yes, too. It is. Like I mean, it's so dramatic at times. But um, you know if you're if you're interested in watching He Got Game, it is unfortunately not available streaming right now. Um, however, you can buy it at a few different places. You can get it on Amazon for nine ninety nine, Apple for nine ninety nine, YouTube for nine ninety nine. So. One of those rare movies that just, like, isn't streaming anywhere. Not It's not streaming on HBO no. or Netflix or anything. It's been on Netflix on and off. It has. I've seen it on Netflix before. So yeah, it's one that's of those where movies, I watched it. It's one of those movies that comes and goes. So if you catch it on there, if you want it. But I will, I will say, you know, there's no, like, definitive edition of this out on home video. Spike Lee notoriously does not do uh, director's commentary. So that's why there's not a whole lot of information about this yeah. on the internet. So, you know, it's one of those movies you kind of got to fish for. Space Jam is just kind of there was just so much publicity <laughs> please, behind that movie. Please buy this movie. Buy this movie. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to if you want to look it up, um, you know, it is available on Blu-ray and DVD, but um besides that you're going to have to pay to stream it right now, to cuz it's just it's not streaming anywhere, which is weird to me. It is weird. So that takes us to like we said, it's a fantastic movie. Yes.
1: What do we score to that last one on five stars? Yeah. Okay. I will say this is a four and a half for me.
0: In terms of it, basketball it's movies? It's that good. Yeah. I'd say, I'd, I'd give it a four and a half too. Okay. In terms of basketball movies. and or In terms of a regular movie, I'll give it a four. Yeah, that's fine. Give it a four. Basketball movie, it's a
1: 4.5. Yes. So. So. We can go ahead and announce the next one, right? Yeah. For September.
0: So next one. So you guys voted. You voted all right. Yeah, voted.
1: You know, I think we I think I gave you so many great options. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you didn't. See, this was a ploy. It was like, here, uh, we could do uh Airbud 2. <laughs> no one like that. But you didn't give them very much to choose from yeah, deliberately. So, yeah. The, <laughs> because you're selfish.
1: I am selfish. <laughs> I'm very selfish. So the next film for September, so this was technically our August release, but it'll go up. Like over Labor Day week. So it'll technically come out in September, but it's our August release. Yes. So the September release will be blue chips. Yes. Strictly because the opening scene with Nick Nolte is one of my favorite scenes of any movies ever.
0: It's so fantastic. And we like, I want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I cannot wait to tell you guys about it. It's 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 one of the best basketball it's the best basketball coach scene. Actually, it's the best coach scene ever in in any movie. It's, it's fantastic awesome. and it's funny. And Nick Nolte was should have been nominated for something for that because he's fantastic. Strictly in that. for that scene. Just that for that right scene. scene right well, here. he's not bad the rest of the movie. He's no. great. He's great that whole movie.
1: Like, Ed O'Neill's a great sports writer in the movie. Yeah. Like, we're going we're gonna to deep dive into that. And yeah, and,
0: and we will deep dive on Blue Chips yes, it's, because it can, it's got two of our favorite players of all time in it.
1: Yes, my favorite player of all time. It's a huge story of the Orlando Magic's history. Yes. So, like, yeah, we're going to get pretty into it.
0: Yes. Perfect. So, without – any more of us you know blabbing on guys have a great 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 night or morning or whenever you're listening to this yeah you can technically
1: like the part of the fun about these hoop cinema shows is you can listen to whenever you can listen
0: to them anytime and uh,
1: literally anytime in your life
0: literally anytime thanks for listening guys and we'll be back with uh, blue chips next month have a good one
1: see ya